America is an amazing country filled with wonderful people who do incredible things. But too often, the media and liberal politicians ignore big parts of our nation and the people who make it work. So I'm speaking with leaders and policymakers who deal with real problems every day. I'm Ronna McDaniel, and this is Real America. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Ohio Congressman and founder of the House Freedom Caucus, Jim Jordan. We're going to cover everything from holding Democrats accountable when we take back the majority to the woke left's radical agenda to destroy women's sports. I am so excited to welcome uh, my neighbor from Ohio, me being from Michigan, Jim Jordan, to Real America. Welcome to my podcast. Good to be with you. Uh, I, I, I haven't talked to you a ton, uh, but I was talking to you yesterday because— mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason I wanted to get you on my podcast is, one, I think you're phenomenal. You're such no, a great spokesperson for you our party. You do all the hard work for the party. We appreciate that. Well, I think you're so great. Um, but I, you have an Ohio State connection. My husband went to Ohio yeah, State. Me we'll that. talk about yeah. that later. But I, I do want to hear your story. So you grew up in Champaign County. Champaign County. Yeah, just a country boy. Had, uh, you know, um, my dad was a union worker for General Motors. Um, worked his tail off for. Uh, really, was he blood. on the line, or yeah. was he? Yeah, he was a job setter, and, and uh, thirty years, kind of that last that generation. He came out of high school. Him and my mom got married right away. Um, I'm the oldest, got a younger brother, okay. you're younger, and, and a sister, and and uh, he worked hard. My mom cleaned houses, and they put three kids through college. Um, amazing, amazing. And I called him yesterday. Yesterday was his birthday. And I called him and I said, uh, I said, what are you doing for your birthday? You and mom going to dinner? And they were on the lake fishing. Oh, on exactly. The lake fishing. And, and my mom caught a big bass yesterday. So, uh, but a great, uh, great parent. Was, uh, is he, was he a Democrat? Because oh, he's yeah. a union guy, total, right? Total, total de- Democrat. Until Reagan. Until yeah. Reagan. And so in 1980, like, like so many Americans, he said, enough of this craziness. I'm voting for Reagan. And he's been a conservative, uh, Rush Limbaugh listening Republican ever since. And he was also a little kind of a small business. So he he worked for uh, General Motors and then uh, started big outdoorsman. So he started his own bow making, archery. Um, really? Uh, uh, recurve bows. He would custom make them for whatever draw length, whatever pounds um, the, the customer needed. Really, this kind of a craftsman kind of... Um, that's like a yeah, unique need, need skill. Yeah. That's and funny. It, I have two nieces that are doing archery. Oh, and so, it, And that's yeah. such a unique sport. Yeah, but so great guy. Amazing. And then um, started, uh, started the kids... At our high school, wrestling's a big thing. Yeah. And it my my dad and my uncle started the kids program when my brother and I and, and some of our buddies were little and it just became the thing at our school and you know And you became a big thing in wrestling too. I mean you Well you I, I was thinking about your record in high school and tell me if I'm right, hundred and fifty six to one. Is that correct? Hundred and fifty and one. Yeah. Hundred and fifty yeah. to one. And I thought, okay, well let's let's take that record and and let's hope we do that well in the midterms. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, right? I, I think we might. I think uh, we might. Um you can you can feel it out there, but um yeah, I think the country's fixing to make a change. So let's hope it's uh it's, well, let's hope hopefully it's we like can that. emulate your your wrestling record, but hundred and fifty to one. So Well, I wanted to play linebacker. You know, uh every kid when I was in grade school, I always I always joke and say I wanted to play middle linebacker for the you know, from Ohio. So you think I'd be a Bengal or Browns guy. And I, I love the Bengals and Browns. But when you're a kid growing up in the seventies like I did, you loved the winning team. The winning team was the Steelers. Okay. And I love me and Joe Green, the Steel Curtain, Terry Bradshaw on offense, Franco Harris. I can name almost every player on the team, but my favorite was was Jack Lambert, who played middle linebacker for the Steelers. And I just knew, like every second, third grader in the country, that, uh, you know, when when you're in grade school, you got life figured out that um, 
I was going to play middle linebacker in the NFL for the for the, for the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers and, yeah. um, but you can tell on, uh, I'm five seven and a half on a good day, <laughs> so uh, I had to wrestle. And uh, but wrestling has been great to our family. Both our boys, um, we have four children, two girls, two boys, and our both our boys wrestled for the Badgers in in college. Did did great. I got three nephews who wrestled. My brothers' really? boys. I got my wife's brothers' boys all wrestled in college as well. So um, um, it's been good to our family. It's a good thing. My dad was a wrestler in college as oh, well. Awesome. So um, not at your levels. You won two NCAA titles, correct? A long time ago, yeah. In Wisconsin, at Wisconsin. And then you came back and you were a coach at Ohio State. Um, what was the difference between being the wrestler and being the coach? How much did you enjoy becoming a coach? I actually like competing better. I mean, coaching was was fun, but it's it's um, and when you find that kid who really really wants to that 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 student athlete who really has the goal, wants to work hard, and is soaking it in, that's 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 rewarding too when you can help them. But um, you know, it's just I I, I like competing better. I think. Than, 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 <laughs> Why than doesn't coaching? that yeah. surprise <laughs> me? Actually, that does not surprise me at all. Well, I I when I put my husband through law school at Ohio yeah, State, you're so. Me that. Um, I have turned him into a University of Michigan fan. I, yeah. I please don't leave my podcast yeah. now, yeah. but um, he was an Ohio State fan for a little while. But I've converted him, so hopefully we can convert some Democrats to Republican yeah. if I can do that. Yeah. I love the state of Ohio. Yeah. Tell me about your state. And- well, it's like your state. Uh, it's it's uh, you know it's a um, big state. What, what Michigan's probably nine, ten million people. Mm-hmm. We're eleven or twelve million, I think, in Ohio, and um, we're big manufacturing, just like yep. Michigan. I mean, our, our district, uh, there are 435, and I think 435 congressional districts. I think the fourth district of Ohio, which is which I get the privilege of representing, is West Central, North Central Ohio. It's one of the top 20, 25 districts in, in manufacturing output. So yeah. huge manufacturing, but also big agriculture, sort of the start of the corn and soybean belt as you move across the Midwest. Um, and, you know, the old adage about Ohio, in Ohio, we make things and grow things. And that's what we do. And same, same, same in Michigan. So good people, hardworking people. Um, and it's funny because I always feel like this town and, you know, the, the so-called elite who live on the coast, who think there's so much better than us people in flyover country, they don't, they don't get it, you know. And, and there's this sort of, I mean, you can see it in like, um, Remember when Buttigieg said, "Oh, I don't care if gas is uh, four dollars. Go, you know, go, go get an EV. Go, yeah. go get an EV." And and uh, um, who who was it? Uh, Colbert said, "I don't care if it's fifteen dollars a gallon because I drive a Tesla." Well, you know, not everyone in Ohio yeah. drives a Tesla or Michigan drives a Tesla. And and this this attitude. But when you when you're out in Ohio where you make things, grow things, move things, you're in agriculture, construction, manufacturing, and trucking. You know, you drive pickup trucks. You work mm-hmm. hard, and you can't. Um, I always tell folks, you know, those people can't zoom it in. They can't remote work. And they got to go to work. They got to go to work. And um, this this town where everyone gets to do all the the, the, the Zoom meetings and remote and, thinks and takes the Uber and drinks their fancy coffee and thinks they're so much better than us drives me crazy. But, um, yeah, it's it's just good, hardworking people. I feel in those what you're saying so much because I remember when Trump – was a candidate in Michigan and Macomb County, which was our Reagan Democrat county, yep. right? Yep. Like your dad, those union workers. And he came in and he talked about manufacturing leaving our state. And he talked about hardworking, you know, taxpaying patriot Americans who love this country, who have lost a voice in Washington. We, we weren't, nobody cared about people yeah. from Michigan or Ohio. Yeah. Um, and he came and said, you know, I'm going to go fight for you. And I, I think that's really so true. It's transformed our party. Well said. Into a working class party, and I hope we stay there. 
President Trump and you and the work you guys have done with our party, you have made it what it always should have been, which is a populist party rooted in conservative principle. We always should have been that. Reagan started us there, but President Trump took us there. He did. And then you, 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 the work you've done, it is, it is, that's who we should be because that is just Americans, hardworking Americans who, who know if you set a goal and you work hard, good things can happen to yep. you and your family in this country. That's the American dream. And President Trump, when he talked about make America great again, that's what it was all about. That was that was really what was sort of under underpinned that whole concept, and the people get it. And then the elite. Uh, so uh, the best one was um, uh, Anderson Cooper. He's he's on you know doing his show, and he and he said Trump voters uh, stay at the uh, stay at the Marriott and eat at the Olive Garden because you know he stays at the five star. And, uh, yeah, I'm and like and, okay, and what's the, wrong with that? Never-ending salad and exactly, bread, exactly. right? <laughs> and and I, that's what I said. I said, well, where I'm from, Olive Garden and Marriott's a pretty good weekend, pretty right? Pretty darn great. Yeah. So but that's the attitude they have yep. and, and President Trump understood that. And I think it's amazing that the billionaire from Manhattan is a man of the people and then all these folks in this town who think there's someone it, it it just it, it's amazing to me, but it, he's he is so right. That is what we always should have been, and now, now that's what the Republican Party— And you see it in our state, in your state, yep. um, where, where particularly southeast Ohio, which used to be the swing area in Ohio, it is now so Trump. You go along the Ohio River. Yep. Um, th- those folks are so pro-Trump, um, and it, it's, it's just— It's the same thing. thing in Michigan and in this Macomb County area. It's just changed. It's transformed our party in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. But we have to hold that, head, and we can't lose that as a party. So I'm going to— talk about your book a little bit, and then I'm going to talk about the midterms. But you, I love your book that you have out right now, which I'm, I'm going to mess up the title, but basically says, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. R- be who you ran as. And talk about your book right now and in some of the principles well, of that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always say I think we make this job way too complicated. Yeah. What did you tell the voters you were going to do when you ran for it? If they give you the privilege to go serve them, their family, their community, their business— do what you said. And um, I always point out, no one did it better than President Trump. Mm-hmm. No one did more what he said he would do than he said he would cut taxes. He did. He said he'd build the wall. He did. He said he put conservatives on the court. He did three of them. He said he'd get out of the Paris deal. He did. He said he'd get out of the Iran deal. He did. He said he put the embassy in Jerusalem. He did. And a bunch of other things. I can't Creating, said, taking, holding China accountable. Yeah, exactly. Bringing manufacturing jobs back. I mean, yep. All those things he said he— and he did them. And again, that's what drives the media. And promises the, made, promises kept, yep. right? Well, I remember early in the Trump administration, uh, Mark Meadows and I are in, in the White House. This, this is before Mark's chief of staff. This is 2017. Um, and we're there in the West Wing, and we're in one of the offices. I don't know for which office, Miller's office, someone, someone's office. And they got a big whiteboard uh, on the wall. And they had literally written every single promise yes. President Trump made in the 2016 campaign. Everyone. I mean, there's a whole, and they were checking them off as they got them done. Now that, that's, that's how you're supposed and to And that's go. your book, yeah. right? Well, we, we talk about that. We talk a lot about President Trump, but we talk, we talk about how the Freedom Caucus came together. There were nine of us who, who formed the group and, and how that started some of the early struggles and fights we got into. And then I also relate a lot about, um, just by the, 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 the way the good Lord worked it out, the committee assignments I have, I'm, I'm on the oversight committee and the judiciary committee. And those always seem to be the committees where you have these sort of intense investigations and yes. hearings, and which I'm glad. I just I, I wouldn't want any other committees. Um, so I talk about a lot of the key investigations. I feel like probably more than just about anyone in Congress, I've been in 
involved in all these big investigations when the IRS targeted conservatives. I was on the Benghazi Select Committee, part of the impeachment effort. Uh, Leader McCarthy put me, um, was kind enough to take me and put me on the Intel Committee in the early impeachment efforts that Schiff was running in the bunker in the yes, basement of the Yes, we Capitol. remember. Thank so, goodness you were there. So we were on all those, and I, I try to take the, the reader behind the scenes and let them know what, what happened. And for, for example, what happened down in the bunker in the basement that when, I still remember the day when, when some of my colleagues, uh, Matt Gates, Steve Scalise, and others, you know, the stormed the bunker, and they all came in. I mean, I still remember that day, and it was, it was. I, I thought it was a great day because it, I think, really helped galvanize us and, um, and keep us together. Because if you remember, in that particular, when impeachment started in 2019, the conventional wisdom was, every Democrat was going to vote to, in the House was going to vote to impeach President Trump, and a bunch of Republicans were going to join in. Yep. And what actually happened, because it was such a such a joke what they did and all the facts were on our side, what actually happened is every single Republican in the House voted not to impeach. Democrats joined us and one even switched parties, Jeff Van Drew, yeah. who's a great Republican. Um, and and that, that's a testimony to the facts that were on President Trump's side. But that's also part of you being on judiciary and, and you doing the work that you did. And I, I with I'm going to segue from your book because I, I do think we're going to win back the House. I really do. I'm not taking that for granted. I hope we do. Everybody get on a vote and support candidates. But if we do, you're going to you're going to have some really key committee um, assignments. And I think it, what you say in your book is so true. We have to do what we're going to say we're going to do. Listen, we're not going to be able to stop Biden in his tracks. He's right. still going to be president. Right. He'll still have veto power. Um, but, but what are some of the things in judiciary that you can do? Because you're obviously going to be a, a leader on judiciary committee. What do you think are some of the things we can do to hold him accountable? What we need to we need to pass you know we need to pass legislation that that makes sense and that's consistent with what we told the, the voters we're all about. Like we need we need to pass things that would actually fix the border. Yes. Right now we have no border. Yeah, and it's intentional. It's deliberate what Mayorkas and Biden are doing too. They don't they don't want a border. They're just it's it's wide open. It's chaos. So we have to pass uh, legislation that that will do that. Now, Joe Biden's not going to sign it. The left wouldn't even if he wanted to. The left wouldn't allow him. That, that now controls his party. We should still pass it. Show the American people this is what we're for. That will that and other issues. We should, we should pass something that 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 deals with the, the the attacks on conservatives by big tech. Exactly. We should, we should pass those things. The left is Biden's not going to sign it. May not be able to get sixty votes and get through the Senate. But we should do it and help frame up the twenty twenty four contest. When I think President Trump is going to run, I hope he does. That's who I'm for. But help frame up the 2024 presidential race. That's how American politics works. So pass the things that need to be passed. Then do the investigations so that we have a constitutional responsibility to, to do oversight. Do the investigations that need to be done so that the American people get the facts. We and owe it to them to get the truth. Let's talk about some of the investigations we need. And I really think, I mean, here we are wasting all this time on January 6th, this committee, which I think everybody should understand. Republicans were not allowed. It's against history that we were not allowed to appoint our members to that committee. So literally, we have Donald Trump and Republicans essentially on trial, and we only have a prosecution with no defense. No it's against. How can you talk it's about never. due process or de the saving of democracy when you are actually setting up a system that is against Great everything point. we agree Great with yeah. when you have no defense yeah. for that person. Nothing. There's no cross-examination. We wouldn't do this to anybody. We wouldn't do this to the worst criminal yep. in our judicial system, but that's what we're doing with this committee. But what would you, what would you be investigating? I mean, I can think of some border. things. Yeah. Borders top of the um, focus is first on the judiciary committee border. Second, the po political nature of the justice department right now. Yep. I mean, th think about this. Uh, we, we now know because we've had over a dozen whistleblowers from the FBI, FBI agents come to us 
and talk about crazy things that are going on in the Justice Department, um, uh, like the Justice Department treating moms and dads as domestic terrorists. I mean, literally over, over two dozen parents have been investigated. None of them have been found guilty of anything, but they've been investigated because Merrick Garland and the National School Board Association got together and set up this thing, working with the Biden White House to go after parents, to set up this snitch line where you can report moms and dads who simply show up at a school board meeting and say, I don't want this crazy curriculum taught to my kid. Really? They're investigating? I didn't know that. 20 over two dozen. And we've, we've had, again, uh, uh, over a dozen agents come to, forward and talk to us about the school board issue and other issues at, at the Justice Department. But we know of over two dozen cases um, where parents have been investigated. So we, we want to look into that. Other committees, the Oversight Committee needs to look into the Hunter Biden situation. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a special kind of joint committee. I've talked. We've talked to Senator Paul, uh, Senator Johnson, Representative Comer, and I. Um, on his oversight and we're judiciary looking into the origins of, of, of COVID, um, the Hunter Biden situation, particularly the suspicious activity reports, 150 of them, the treasury department has on Hunter Biden's business dealings, all those things, ways and means committee. How in the world did thousands of Americans tax returns get public? That's not supposed to happen yeah. in this country, but yeah. it did. So the ways and means committee needs to do, they need to sit down with the IRS and figure out how that happened. So all those things, so again, that the country, the people of this great country get the facts. So I think we owe it to them uh, to do that. Uh, Leader McCarthy is committed to doing that. So um, I think it's really important that we do. I think it's really important that, and I know that Kevin will do this as speaker and you do this, that we get to the bottom of that. Can I add a couple things? The formula issue. How did this get so bad where parents in the United States of America are searching to feed their children? And then Afghanistan. Afghanistan. How how do we leave $80 billion of equipment? And how do we pull out our troops before a a successful civilian operation to get civilians and and those who helped us out out of harm's way? There's so much. And it's not about Republican versus Democrat. We really have to understand it to make sure it never happens again. Well said. And we need to shed light on that. And I think the coronavirus as well. I mean, we have we have now Fauci going on to be saying, oh, yeah, it could have come out of a lab. We have Dr. Burke saying that. They, oh, he no, they did not say that ever during this. So, and thousands and thousands of lives have been lost. On, on, on that specific issue. So uh, f- five weeks ago, I asked Dr. Burke a question. I, I'm, I'm on the, this, this select committee on coronavirus here. And I asked Dr. Burke, she was a witness, I asked her a, a simple question. And we talk about misinformation and disinformation from from uh, from the government. I said, uh, when when the Biden administration told us that the vaccinated couldn't get the virus, were they guessing or lying? And her, I asked it that straightforward. Were they guessing or lying? And her response was, I don't know. I mean, that's frightening. So our, our government could have been lying. You know, and they were going to, this is the same government, uh, the Biden administration that was going to set up the disinformation governance board, right? <laughs> and yet the, the biggest purveyor of disinformation is them, the government. And, and, and you look no further than COVID. They told us that it didn't come from a lab. Sure looks like it did. They told us that it wasn't gain-of-function research. Sure looks like it was. They told us that it wasn't our tax money used in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yes, it was. They told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it. The vaccinated couldn't transmit it. They, they, Joe Biden told us he had a plan, for goodness sake, when he took— And th- then, of course, it was no mask, one mask, two masks, no mask. I know. Been all, so, like, the biggest, you know, the biggest disinformation came from them. So I think we do need to get to the bottom of it, and particularly with Fauci New. On January 31st, 2020, at 10.32 p.m., he gets an email from uh, uh, Dr. Christian Anderson. That email says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. 
So he knew clear back then, over two years ago, two and a half years ago now, he knew this thing came from a lab. He gets that email at 1032. He goes, uh, sends his top assistant an email after midnight, sends another uh, uh, a doctor an email at two in the morning. He's working like crazy to cover his backside. The next day, there's a conference call with Dr. Fauci and 11 of these virologists who've been getting our tax money. And on that conference call, Fauci gets them all to change their story. And four days later, Dr. Anderson, who initially said virus engineered, not consistent with evolutionary theory, you know, came from a lab. Four days later, changes his story and says, if you believe it came from a lab, you're a crazy disinformation, you know, conspiracy theorist. All because Fauci orchestrated this whole thing. And we think we can show this just with those emails that we've had limited access to, but we've been been able to get. Um, That all needs to come out. And and this is why winning the House is so important, because people say to me, well, what's it going to do if we went back to House and the Senate? We can't stop Biden. He's going to veto everything. We're not you know, we're not on track to get a filibuster-proof Senate majority. Yeah. Um, but the, these things have to happen. And I know that you'll be on the front lines of that. Uh, the other thing that I think is so critical, and I, I again, I tie it back to your book, is I was here in 2018. And we ran, or 2016, we ran on, we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. We're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. Every Republican said that across the country. Yeah. And then we didn't do it. Yeah. We weren't ready and we weren't prepared to govern and and pass the things that were necessary. And we, t- we took a beating in the midterms yeah. in 2018 because of that. So you guys are coming up with a plan that you're going to unveil to the American people. How important it is, how important is it that we share with the American people what Republicans will yeah. do if we're given or granted the opportunity to govern? No, great question. I, I think it's I think it's critically important. Uh, you know, uh, Speaker Gingrich and, and Leader McCarthy talked about this yesterday. Um, you know, lay out what we're for. Yeah. Um, lay out what, you know, we're going to be the party that's going to defend freedom. Remember, it's been the Biden administration that has attacked our First Amendment liberties, our Second Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment due process rights. So we're going to be the party that's going to d- defend freedom. We're going to be the party that's going to say, you know what? Um, we think it's a pretty dumb idea to do what the Democrats did in, in Virginia uh, a year ago when the Democrats for governor ran a campaign that said, we think government's smarter than moms and dads. And a bunch of moms and dads in Virginia said, I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. I know that's yeah, not true. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. And and <clears throat> Glenn Young is now the governor of a blue state, or what was yeah. considered kind of a blue state. So we need to stand up for parents and say moms and dads are are, are best know best what's uh, for, for their for their kids and particularly their kids' education and and be the party that understands the the importance of family. Um, we need to we need to be the party that says we're not going to raise taxes like Biden wants to do. We're 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 going to reduce regulation. Now again, we're not going to get all that done because. Biden's in the White House, but we need to run on those things, pass those things in the House, and show the country— And this show what, that they stopped it. Yeah, show the country this is what we're for. And then we can win back the White House in 2024. Uh, I, I'm going to segue to parents a little bit, too, because I think with your background as a student athlete and being a coach and what we're seeing um, in this election, which is going to be a key issue— we're going to run on economic issues, right? We know inflation and gas prices are a huge issue. Yep. But cultural issues are a big issue, too. And we are seeing the Democrat Party double down on things that make no sense. So tell me what you think about the Democrats pushing this agenda to have biological male athletes compete against women, not just in college, but in high school. What would you have thought about that during your coaching days at Ohio no, State? No, it's, it's, it's goofy. And, and the whole country knows it's 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 wrong. Uh, I mean, uh, and then what? I, I, someone said that even um, University of Pennsylvania, as as said, Leah Thomas is is you know female athlete of the year. Yep. Somebody is like it's just ridiculous. And this this whole 
um, these cultural issues are Americans have common sense and 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 they get it. Guys should compete against guys. Girls should compete against girls. And 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 let's uh, let's let people set goals, work hard. And that's the beauty of athletics. It teaches you those those those, those fundamental values. My, my my high school wrestling coach. I always tell the story was was the toughest teacher in our school. He taught chemistry and physics and was, was that I think the toughest wrestling coach in Ohio. And this is not an exaggeration. I talk about this in the book. This is not an exaggeration. Every single day, he talked about discipline every day. He would say in the classroom, he'd say, Hey, Hey, Jordan, th this is, this is chemistry class. This is not any class, his chemistry class. More importantly, this is my chemistry class. You want to do well in this class. You're going to have to read the material. You're going to have to come to class prepared. You have to do the experiments. It's going to, it's going to take discipline to do well in my class. And then the wrestling room. Oh my goodness. Like dis I can still hear him. Discipline is the most important character quality you need to accomplish anything. If we're going to win as a team, we're going to win individually. You got to discipline. All right, what that guy shut up. He sounds like my dad. I get it every yeah, day for my dad. Exactly. But he had a great definition and it hangs on our, our high schools as one 22 years in a row now has been state champions. He, the first state championship was way back then and then had a break where we still did well, but then they started, my brother coached for 20 years and they won it 20 years in a row. But in our wrestling room, with this tradition, there's Coach McCunn was our coach and there's a sign right in the, with all the championship banners, but the biggest sign is Coach McCunn which says this, discipline, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Huh. And it meant doing it coach's way when you'd rather do it your way. It meant doing things the right way when you'd rather do it the easy way. That is that is a just a, a key message that, that we we we're the Republican. We we get that. And Americans get that. People get in all this craziness that the Democrats want to talk about, the crazy things they want to do in our culture. It just goes against common sense. And we're the party of common sense and the party of working people, like we were talking about earlier. I think the country figures all that out. I, I say this a lot. This isn't a, even an election about Democrat versus Republican. It's about common sense versus crazy. Yep. It's about America versus freedom um, freedom of everything we believe in in our constitution versus socialism and and a, moving towards communism. It's about authoritarianism versus yep. freedom. I mean, these are so many things that are at stake. Um, what are you looking forward to if we win back the house? I mean, how how are you going to feel being able to retire Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that'll be I think a good day for the country. Um, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, helping frame up the 2024 race. The way modern American politics and government work is if you really want to get big change, you have to control the executive branch. You just mm -hmm. do. It's just the nature of the way it is. It, the founders didn't necessarily envision it that way. They, they actually wanted the legislative branch to have the bulk of the power. And we still do have big influence, but you've got to control the executive branch if you, uh, branch if you really want to uh, affect real change. And um, helping frame that up over the neck, if we can win, which I think we can, then helping frame it up, passing what we need to pass so that the country sees that. And then I'm really looking forward to doing it. I like doing the investigations and, and making sure the country um, get the facts and the truth, which they're entitled to. And, and you know, the, the other thing I think is so important is I think the country now has figured out that we're tired of the experts running the government. Yeah, It's the way it's supposed to work is the people who put their name on a ballot they run. If the folks in their district elect them, those individuals make the decisions. And you want it that way because they're accountable because if they make bad decisions, then the voters get to throw us out every two years. And that is a good thing. Right now, what's happened is you got the Fauci's making all the decisions and they never have to put their name on the ballot. They never have to stand. They have to go out and talk directly to we the people. And um, 
So I think this the power that the bureaucracy has is something we as Republicans need to to kind of rein in as best we can um, uh, when when we get control as well. Well, the bureaucrats have so much control and you being part of oversight, which is a check on the executive branch. And I hope people understand the Biden administration has really tried to expand the executive Mm -hmm. branch with OSHA, with the vaccine mandates, with so many things that they've done with this EPA, um, things that they've done. And the Supreme Court has been the best check on them, thank goodness, and restoring the balance of power. But we need to win back back Congress, and I think you're going to be so critical. I, I often say this. Democrats run the country with a bunch of 20, 30-year-olds who read a book about starting a business, and Republicans actually send people to govern who started and ran a business, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which one actually is a better experience. Yeah. So I think um, it's going to be so critical. I, I'm just going to ask you one final question before we leave, but I run into a lot of people who are disheartened right now. Um, Republicans who say, I don't know, Mm -hmm. I feel upset, I'm mad that President Trump didn't win, should I even go vote? Um, What do you say to people who are discouraged about how important it is to get involved in this midterm? Um, I always say it's it's, never forget it's America. It's the best place ever. Um, Greatest country ever. And I I tell this story a lot when I'm out on the stump, but but it's true. We, We, this is 10, 12 years ago, Polly and I, we live up in Urbana, Ohio. We went out to Dayton, met some friends uh, for dinner that night. But before we went to dinner, we toured the Wright Brothers' home. And you go on this tour, you learn all about these amazing Americans, these two brothers, all the things they did, the bicycle shop, the the things they tinkered around with and did. Last stop on the tour is one of the brothers' bedrooms. They show you a picture, uh, actually two pictures, tell you a few things about this brother, and then then they hold up the picture. It was that first flight, 1903, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, in this thing they called a plane. And you're like, how did that thing get off the ground? And the truth is it barely did. Flew like 100 feet and got like six, eight feet off the ground. And you see that picture and you kind of remember that when you learn it in school and you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I remember that. And they put that down. Then they hold up a second picture. 44 years later, 1947, Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier in a jet. And I'm like, holy cow, I didn't know that. I didn't, I, I didn't I remember that in school. And they, they, they show that and you're like, well, that, that's amazing. In 44 years, we went from two guys flying 100 feet, first flight ever, to another American breaking the sound barrier. And they put that picture down. And literally, that's, that's the end of the tour. And Polly and I are walking out the door. And as I'm literally walking out the door of that, that, that room, it hit me. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, why'd they stop there? I, I represent Wapakoneta, Ohio, hometown of Neil Armstrong. Why did they stop there? Because 22 years after Chuck Yeager breaks a sound barrier, another American steps on the moon. Yeah. And stop and think about it. When you start to get discouraged, stop and think about it. From 1903 to 1969, 66 years, we went from two guys flying 100 feet to putting a man on the moon. No other country did that. And I would argue no other country had in place the the principles and the process and the system and the freedoms to even to even get close to doing that. Only America could do that. And it is the greatest country ever. And I always tell folks, don't ever let anyone tell you it's not. It is the best place ever. And it is worth fighting for. And that's what you're doing with our party as leading our party. That's what we're all supposed to do as Americans. And if we think about that, it's worth going and voting. It is worth fighting for those people who believe in your values and helping those candidates. That's what's at stake. And, and, I always tell folks, our challenge, our task has always been the same as Americans, to protect the promise 
this country has always afforded its citizens. The promise to have a, if you have a dream, you have a goal, if you work hard, it can happen. That's our job. I love that. Yeah. If you have the dream, if you dream it and you have discipline, like your coach said, we can do it in this country. In this country. Heck yeah. But that's not everywhere. And that's precious. And we have to fight for it. It doesn't just happen. So thank you for being somebody who's out there every day doing that. You're doing the hard work, running the party. God bless you. And thanks everybody. Please get out and vote. Please go support a candidate. Go to GOP.com. We need everybody engaged in this this battle because if we don't win this election, we may not be able to have these types of conversations yeah. about our future. No, it's that serious. Well said. It's that serious. Well so thank you. Thanks for being thank on you. my podcast. Uh, an Ohio State fan and a Michigan fan. There we go. There is hope for That's our right. country That's in right. peace. <laughs> That's <laughs> Thanks, well said. Jim. I'm Ronna McDaniel, and this is what Republicans stand for. Join us next time on Real America. Paid for by the Republican National Committee, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee, www.gop.com.